Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at pastorwood.org. And now, here's your host, Jim Wood. Folks, good Friday evening to you. We are coming on this Friday evening to the conclusion of a series we've been doing all this week. And uh, I hope that you've heard the previous messages. If you haven't, I hope that you'll go back and listen to them online. They're available for free, not selling you a DVD set here. We have available to you for free all these messages. You can download them, listen to them. And if you want, you can contact us and say, what did you mean about this? Or why did you say that? But tonight, we're going to be concluding this series. We started out talking about only Scripture, only Christ, only grace, only faith. And tonight, we're saying to God alone be the glory. Soli Deo Gloria. Now, my son, Andrew Wood, is with me again uh, for this final episode of this series And uh, Andrew's been a great help all this week. It's been a lot of fun hearing him share the scriptures. And uh, we're just talking here in the studio about these fundamental doctrines of the faith. And as we said last evening, um, these are not doctrines that should be dear just to one particular denomination or group. Regardless of your tradition, regardless of your background, I hope that you would agree as you look into the scriptures that, yes, this is right. Yes, this is what it says. Mm -hmm. If not, if you can show me in the scriptures where this is mistaken, please let me know. I don't want to be wrong. And if you can show me from the scriptures that, no, 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 it's not like that at all, I'd love to hear from you. Do bear in mind the fact that we've been down this road a few years And there are a number of folks over the years who have said, I set out to show you that you were wrong, and as I was putting together my letter, I discovered that you were correct. (laughs) I love it when that happens, and it has happened a number of times over the years. I'm not telling you folks that I'm right. I'm telling you that as best I know how, I want to share what the Bible teaches us. And so if it's in the Bible believe it. If I say something that's contrary to Scripture, don't believe me for a minute. Whenever I contradict the Bible, I'm wrong, and I don't ever want to contradict the Bible. Mm. The Bible says (laughs) that I'm going to be held accountable for what I teach. Mm -hmm. So please, check it out. Be like the Bereans. Mm. Check it out. See if what I'm saying is scriptural. If it is, you better believe it. If it's not, you better not believe it. Tonight, we're talking about the fact that all the glory for our salvation belongs to God alone, and God does not share his glory with another. Andrew, what would you say about soli deo gloria? It really is kind of the most fundamental truth of eternity and of our relationship to God. And 
the glory that we're talking about. This is like the spotlight in the most beautiful sense possible, going to God. And there, there are many, many passages. I want to share just a few. One that really sums it all up in a single verse is Romans eleven thirty six, when it says, For from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be the glory forever. Amen. So that's, that's all, everything. I, everything was created by him. Uh, we read in Colossians 1, it was for him. It's meant for him, for his purpose. Uh, Proverbs 16, for the Lord has made everything for his own purpose. Mm -hmm. Then practically speaking, we can unpack each one of these, but practically speaking, kind of from our perspective, okay, how do we live for the glory of God? Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Mm Mm-hmm. But one that is just mind-blowing uh, and, and incredibly beautiful, Revelation 5, I'm sorry, 4, Revelation 4, you have this scene in eternity that just continues. Mm-hmm. When, once these beings were created, that's how God wanted it, forever. Yes. And you hear people sometimes criticize uh, worship, modern worship songs, oh, these are just so repetitious and... Uh, just uh, it's uh, it's it's frustrating. Now listen to what is said here in Revelation four. Were you going to say something? No, you go right in. Revelation four, uh, beginning in verse eight. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night they never stop saying, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come." Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will, they were created and have their being. And so right there, you just see this beautiful, eternal picture of what is happening. That these elders, 24 elders, continually, mm-hmm. day and night, not only is this statement being said, but these elders are wearing these crowns and this is where the the band casting crowns i'm sure got mm-hmm. their name mm-hmm. it's it's just a redirection back to god continually yes. okay yes we have these crowns yes we're honored but worthy are you yes here are the crowns we're going to fall down before you god because you alone are worthy of glory many people sadly especially in our culture have this idea of heaven that, oh, yeah, no, it's going to be great for God to be there, but it's really about me and the pleasures and the streets of gold and a big house and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And this totally flies in the face of that. That is not what it's all about. That Amen. is not, God is the most glorious thing that is. We were created to worship Him, and we will be most satisfied when we glorify Him. 
Amen. That was our purpose behind it all. And uh, I think Francis Chan does a beautiful job in the book Crazy Love, which one chapter in that book is worth the price. Um, I'm not, I don't love the whole thing necessarily equally, but if you just get the book and read the second chapter, Mm -hmm. it's entitled, You Might Not Finish This Chapter. (laughs) And he gives this illustration of a a young man who is, uh, he's been asked to be an extra in a movie. And when the movie finally comes out, he tells all of his friends, the whole town, hey, my movie's coming out. And he rents out a theater, has everybody come. And then when the spot comes, it's two-fifths of a second, it shows the back of his head, he gets up and cheers. And then it's telling everybody this is all about him. And his friends and other people that are there think he's crazy. And then... Francis Chan says that's what almost everybody does with history, with their tiny blip. Think about how small your span of life is in light of the whole thing. Yes. And then God's been around forever. So our (laughs) time, what we're bound in, is incomparable to God and eternity. Yes. And yet... We're, we live in a, in a more insane way than that guy who was so excited about his back of his head for two-fifths of a second. That's right. And he said, this is God's show. Mm-hmm. This is all about him. And he says, I think his, his quote is, I'm just going to be frank. You need to get over yourself. <laughs> and and that's, that's so true. I mean, that's, that's really one of our... Uh, greatest sins that we struggle with every day. We act as if the world revolves around us instead of him. Amen. I don't think there has ever been a time in history where the sin and pathology of narcissism was as widespread as it is in our culture today. It is absolutely scary the extent to which people are deluded Mm. into thinking that it's all about us. And of course, Rick Warren's famous book begins with the statement, it's not about you. Because it's not, folks. It's not about us. It's not about us. But that shouldn't come as a great crushing disappointment to mm-hmm. us. The fact that that is bothersome to so many is a, a real sign of how messed up we are. The fact is, it is wonderful to discover what life is about. Mm -hmm. It is a glorious, joyous thing to find the purpose. I'll never forget years ago, a dear friend, uh, we're still good friends with these folks, met him in New England back in 1980. Uh, Actually, no, 1979, we became friends. And uh, and as we got to know them, um, they uh, had the opportunity to get to know Jesus. Uh, they didn't know the Lord when we first met them. Uh, I, I began to pray that God would give us somebody we could share the gospel with who lived in the apartment complex there. And my wife began to pray that God would give her somebody she could share with. And I met a guy in the parking lot. My wife met a gal down in the laundry room, and uh, we shared that that evening. I said, I, I, I think I met the guy I'm supposed to witness to. And she said, well, I, I believe I met the young woman I'm supposed to witness to. And it turned out they were husband and wife. <laughs> And so that really confirmed it for us, and we invited him over to our apartment, and 
fixed them uh, what we thought was cheesecake. And, uh, I mean, you know, Susan was from Louisiana. I was from North Carolina. Uh, suffice it to say, this couple was from the New York and New Jersey area. <laughs> and their concept of cheesecake was a little different than ours. Um, so uh, they introduced us later to the real thing. But uh, anyway, they were very sweet and tried hard to eat what we served them. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was really sad. It was one of those things, you know, you buy it at the grocery store and you mix it up and it's supposed to be cheesecake. And we didn't know better. But, uh, but they were sweet about it, and it didn't sabotage our relationship. We got to know each other, and they came to faith in Christ that year. And here's, here's what John said after he met Jesus, with tears coming down his face. He said, I've always wondered, what is it all about? Mm. What is the purpose of life? Mm-hmm. I've got a wife. I've got a child. I've got a job. And yet... There's got to be more to life than just going to work every day and coming home and eating food and going to sleep and getting up the next day and doing it all over again. There's got to be meaning. There's got to be something. He said, now, for the first time in my life, I understand what it's about. It's about God. Mm -hmm. It's about knowing him. Amen. Let me tell you, he wasn't disappointed. He was excited. He was thrilled. He was joyous. Folks, if you're listening and you've never discovered that, if you're still wondering, what's it all about? What's the purpose? Where's the meaning? Let me tell you, it's in God. Amen. He knows everything about you, and he loves you anyway. Mm-hmm. And he sent Jesus to save you. And if you're listening to me right now and you've never asked him to save you, I'm pleading with you. While you have breath, while you have the opportunity, take this opportunity to recognize you can't do this on your own. Mm -hmm. You can never fix it. You need Jesus to save you, and he will, and he'll give you a brand new life. He won't just forgive your sins. He'll give you a brand new life, and he will live his life through you, and it will last forever, even more than that. Mm. The very glory of God. The glory of God in in the Greek is the term doxa, Mm -hmm. has to do with God's likeness. It is Mm. his image. It's what Jesus manifested. Mm. And we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He is the exact likeness Mm. of the Father. Mm. Jesus said in John 14 to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so the glory of God is what it is all about. And Jesus prayed in John's gospel toward the end, before he was crucified, Father, the time has come. Glorify me with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus is God incarnate. And he left the throne of glory to come to earth to save us so that we could be elevated from this fallen earthly state to share in his glory forever. Amen. God is not withholding this from us. God is imparting this to his people and making us one spirit with him. Mm. So the glory doesn't belong to God and us. (laughs) It's God's glory. Right. And we get to become one with him. That is mind-blowing. Amen. And I, I mentioned earlier 
uh, talking about the analogy of a spotlight. And yes. what's interesting is God is so glorious, he doesn't need a spotlight. He doesn't need a created thing. It says in Revelation that he himself is the light. Yes. And so the glory has always been there. God has always been glorified and glorious, the most glorious thing that is. He doesn't need anything. He's not, he didn't design the universe and create all of history so that he could somehow, oh, it's just lacking in glory. I guess I needed a little bit more. No, he has, he's, he's perfect, completely perfect, totally glorified. He just wanted to, mm-hmm. out of love, he wanted to bring us into the family and to, to know him, to experience him, to fellowship with him. He gave himself. There's no greater gift that could be given. Amen. I, I love the scene of the transfiguration when the glory of God was mm-hmm. manifested in Jesus in a unique way. And in that scene, the disciples seek to describe what they saw. And he said it was like brighter than the noonday sun. Okay, well, the, can you think of a light that's brighter than the noonday sun? You can't even look at the sun. It's so bright at noon. Okay, if you do, you get cataracts. Don't do it, kids. But the disciples said it was brighter than that. It was, mm. it was brighter than lightning. His, his clothes were like so white, it was... Whiter than any launderer could ever get them. I mean, you know, you can you can feel them even under the inspiration of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, straining for words to describe mm. what was indescribable. Wow! Because they were overwhelmed yes. with the beauty that was mm. just a glimpse. Later on, mm-hmm. in the Book of Revelation, when John sees the glorified Christ. He falls down before him, terrified. Now, this is the same John who leaned with his head against Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. They were close, close friends. But now when he sees Jesus in his glorified state, he's terrified. Mm. He's overwhelmed. It is so great. We can't imagine the greatness of the glory of God. But all the glory belongs to him. Amen. Amen. You think of Moses when he comes, he comes down from meeting with God, and his face is so bright, and that that's just Moses. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're looking at Moses after, and his face is so bright that he has to cover it because the people cannot bear to see such glory. It's, Amen. It's it's so it, it's just too much. Amen. Even though that was fading. It was too much for them to bear. Folks, we need to realize that the glory of God, as overwhelming as it is for us to contemplate, the glory of God is what we were made for. Amen. We were designed by God, the Creator, to reflect His glory. Amen. God wants us to share His likeness. And what do we read in 1 John? we read that one day we're going to be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Wow, that's amazing. Andrew, how can we seek to give glory to God and to give glory to him alone? Renewing our minds after the image of Christ, thinking 
uh, as he did, taking every thought captive to the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So we're putting our minds in a place where we have spiritual eyes to see God at work all around us. I think that's a big part of the problem is we go about our day thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just basically holding myself up. That's another reason why we don't pray nearly as much. We're not communing with God because we're not even thinking about God. Mm -hmm. And so when we are intentionally engaging our minds to focus on Him and to point others to focus on Him, then we are consciously seeking to bring Him glory. And as we do ministry, it's very important that we continually be pointing people to Him, not us. Amen. An important thing about glorifying God is Mm -hmm. that it is for all occasions. Mm -hmm. And multiple times, but two that really stand out in my mind that are just, you're just like, wow. Okay, there? Really? In, in Achan, give glory to God, son. Yes. You're like, wow, he is about to be executed. executed and, he, and Joshua is saying, give glory to God. Yes. And then in the life of Job, mm-hmm. he has just lost, you know, loses all these things, big deal, but then he loses 10 children all yes. at the same time. Yes. And his response is to tear his clothes, fall to the ground, and worship the Lord and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. And just how the suffering that you go through should not keep you from seeking to glorify God. Amen. Now, I want to also give some credit here where credit is due. One of the things that I appreciate about the tradition of the church that predates the Reformation, predates Protestantism, is in addition to the earliest manuscripts— Um, I'm not authorizing adding stuff to the Bible, but as far as how believers prayed the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. In the earliest manuscripts, it simply concludes before it says, for thine is the kingdom kingdom and the power and the glory. Yeah. I mean, that's not in the earliest manuscripts. It was a scribal edition that the church embraced And when we say the Lord's Prayer, we typically conclude by saying, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Folks, that is an expression of this doctrine that we're talking about today. And it's a good expression of it. And I encourage you, when you pray that prayer, you ought to add that to it. Because it is a response of God's people to the prayer that Jesus taught us to say. But please understand, it's not just a line to be repeated. It is a life to be lived. For thine is the kingdom. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're praying this way. Because the kingdom belongs to him. Thine is the kingdom. And the power. It doesn't depend on us. It depends on Christ. It depends on grace. It is through faith. It's his power that has to save us. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. All the glory belongs to him, and it belongs to him alone. So, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That's the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. It is the way it always will be. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you ought to be rejoicing because we have reason to celebrate God 
has renewed the faith of his people. God has stirred afresh and is stirring right now Mm. all around the world from every tribe and tongue and people and language, nation. It's all going to be joined together before the throne of God. God's the one making that happen. And those of us who get a chance to share the gospel in various places around the world are simply instruments in the hand of a saving God. God is the one who saves. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And we give him the praise. God bless you folks. Have a great weekend. Celebrate what God has done and let us hear from you. God bless you. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments you want to make, I want to invite all of you to contact us at 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at pastorwood.org. That's pastorwood.org.